welcome to the God in the Wild series on the Idlewild podcast channel. Today's episode features back-to-back interviews with two Idlewild siblings. The first is Harry Welford, interviewed by his son, Buck Welford, followed by his sister, Julia Welford Allen, interviewed by her son, Ray Allen. We hope you enjoyed this episode as these siblings share their memories and experiences of Idlewild. Dad, why don't you tell us a little bit about your earliest memories of Idlewild? My earliest memories go back to almost to Cradle Row. I remember going in there with all the other very young uh, ones, and they they had a, a separate facility for the young children who were on their way. I would I would say that my earliest recollection was in the cradle row, is what they called it. How old were you then? I was probably five, six. And was this before they built the church that's no, now no, on Union? No, this was Idlewild on Union, uh, where its present location. It was a brand new church then. And who was the minister when you were growing up at Idlewild? The minister is, is very memorable, uh, Dr. Thomas K. Young. He was a big, vigorous man. And if you take a good look at the sanctuary at Idlewild, it's a large facility. He never spoke with a speaker. He preached <laughs> straight out. Uh, he <clears throat> preached every Sunday with a few exceptions when an associate minister would then uh, take the the pulpit. The associates way back then were people like Landon Childers. Uh, Of course, later came Paul Tudor Jones, who was one of my very favorite people. Uh, They had delightful, uh, interesting person with a a sense of humor and uh, and an ability to to fill that sanctuary where you could sit anywhere in the sanctuary and you could hear the the, the preacher. Now, Dad, um, when Dr. Jones was the minister, Idlewild was one of the first Presbyterian, really first churches in the city to openly welcome African-American worshipers. Do you remember that? I remember it very well indeed. The session, I was not then on the the session. I came along a little later, but the session came out with a policy that declared that all worshipers who wished to come and worship in the spirit of the of the church were welcome at Idlewild. That was that was quite a revolutionary uh, step that the church took. Second Presbyterian, which is the big church later, uh, never had uh, blacks in attendance. Evergreen uh, came along next, but uh, we were the the lead 
Presbyterian Church to be wide open as far as uh, visitors were concerned. I started in the cradle mall, went through all the various departments uh, through each age stage, and uh, Idlewild was just my church home. Dr. Young, I remember very well, a big, hearty fellow from the born in the West Virginia coal country and almost self-educated and then uh, very, very highly regarded among the other ministers in Memphis, including particularly the black ministers. Okay. We also had a very nice relationship with uh, Dr. Young and Paul Tudor with Temple Israel, which was the, I would say, the, the modern uh, Jewish. Non-Orthodox. Not Orthodox. Yes. And they, we had very close relations and exchanged ministers uh, for uh, services and uh, it, it, we, it, that was a very nice relationship. Uh, we had, I uh, were among the very first churches to have uh, females as, as ministers in the church. They were, uh, they were welcomed and, and I think held in mutual due regard and esteem. Now, Dad, your your siblings, your parents, your siblings, your grandfather, all had close connections to Idlewild. Indeed, so grandfather was uh, there, being among the founding members of Idlewild. And your sister Roberta uh, was very active in the church before. Very active yeah. in the church. And of course your sister Julia, who's gonna be interviewed separately, very, very active in the very, church. Very, very much indeed. And um, Dad, we've recently had the unfortunate passing of our former senior pastor, Steve Montgomery. And can you share some of your own thoughts and recollections of Steve and, and his importance to the church from your standpoint? Well, from my standpoint, uh, he was certainly one of the, the, the two uh, most memorable uh, ministers. He, he made it a point to, to keep in contact with the, uh, all the classes, the Sunday school classes. And Dad, what is it that you remember the most about Steve Montgomery? I, I remember the most was really carried on the tradition that st was started with Paul Tudor Jones. Uh, he was, Steve was very much uh, a companion to other ministers, was sought after as a, as a speaker in uh, other churches. He, he was very companionable, I'd say. That's a, not a very good word, perhaps, but uh, he, he, sta he stayed in contact with his principal uh, people, uh, his uh, elders, his 
trustees uh, and sought out all others that were in the Idlewild category. Now he had strong opinions about things, but he was always open and ready to listen to point, so. other Indeed points of view. So. Yeah. That puts it well. He was always willing to uh, discuss and hear and kept up the special relationship, I think, between Idlewild and Temple Israel that was somewhat really unusual. My particular best memory of, of Steve was his ability to get along well with others who had different views about uh, whether, the, whether this was scriptural or, or that was uh, appropriate. And when there was some trouble in some of the uh, churches, uh, there, was, there was never, uh, as far as I know, and I was involved in many stages at Idlewild, uh, he, he never was difficult to deal with by others of other faiths. Now, Dad, um, how important and how involved were you in Idlewild's recreational youth program and its a, outreach to the community? A, that was a unique uh, program. Idlewild was among the first of the churches to start church leagues and baseball and various other sports that were uh, available with teams. We, we were fortunate uh, when the church expanded and really had a full-fledged uh, gymnasium. And all of my uh, children uh, were uh, used it for various functions, uh, parties, uh, gatherings. Now, Dad, last uh, question I have. You probably have attended 90, if not more, Christmas Eve services at Idlewild. What's your favorite part of Christmas Eve service? Well, I think the Christmas Eve service was well planned and thought out and was a very uh, moving service that we looked forward to and, he, and our children looked forward to. It appealed to uh, young people. In fact, was directed towards them in, in most phases. Okay. This is Ray Allen. I'm the son of Julia Welford Allen and recording this interview for God in the Wild. Um, Mother, uh, can you tell me about your experience at Idlewild and your faith in growing up? Well, I came to Idlewild as a baby. They had no nursery at Idlewild, so little children either had to keep their parents at home or either they came with their parents. And so my brother and I came and sat with our parents, and I remember mother and daddy had to keep us apart because we would pinch each other and, and irritate each other. And then usually before the service was over, one of us would be asleep in mother's lap. And I can remember the horror I had when I would 
look up if I were lying in my mother's lap and I would see that those prongs, those sharp prongs coming down from the chandelier. And so I, I wouldn't look. I would keep my eyes closed because that scared the life out of me. But um, when I got older, they had, they had a, a, I think they call it the primary department. And it was where the, the chapel is now. And we sat on a nice rug on the floor, the young boys and girls. And I remember Mrs. the person who later became Mrs. T.K. Young, the minister's wife, was the wonderful teacher. And we sang songs, and she, she told Bible stories. And that was my first real memory of going to church as a, somebody who was a pupil and not just a, a baby. Um, then as I grew older and I went to the different departments, it was sort of interesting to me to think about it. They separated the boys and the girls. Um, and there was a classroom of boys and a classroom of girls and maybe several classrooms of separate boys and girls. And we were in the two rooms that are on the second floor of the education building or the old building. And we would go up those steps and be in those little tiny rooms. And sometimes the boys would do spitballs across the room to the girls who walk across the room in their, in their little cubicle. But uh, it was a nice way to separate us, and yet we were together. And then as we got older, we would, be, we would have a time together downstairs in the big room, the boys and the girls. But then when we went upstairs to our classrooms, we separated again. And I can remember some lovely, lovely teachers that I had. I can't recall many of them by name, but as I got older, people like Mrs. Wharton Jones and Dr. Kinney, uh, oh, I can't think of some others, but they were all just, they let us know how much they cared about us and our learning about the Bible. And of course, my interest in Bible stories changed as I began to doubt whether it could possibly happen, some of those stories about Noah. And I, I, didn't, I felt ashamed to let anybody know that I was doubting that those things could have happened just that way. So I wouldn't tell anybody. But it, it, I, I really was troubled about how to deal with those when I didn't believe that it, they could have happened that way. And then um, as I got older and went to more adult classes, um, I think it's interesting that some people may not know that we started with, uh, at first we had nothing for, ch for teenagers at night, but I was there when they first started having Sunday evening time, they would give us a little snack and then we would have um, a program that either dealt with issues of the day or issues of faith. And that was the first time that I had felt I could really participate in the program, that, that we were helping each other to learn. And the teachers were great in encouraging us and asking questions that brought our thoughts out and our questions out. Did y'all have a formal confirmation class? No. Uh, I think we met once and talked. We had, at the time we were confirmed, we had to answer questions from the catechism. So we had had to memorize all the answers in the catechism. And so we, we got together to practice that before we were finally 
before the congregation made members of the church and, and given a Bible. And that was a, a, a sort of a traumatic event for us to be questioned and <laughs> expected to answer those catechism questions correctly. But um, the teachers, they, they were very forgiving if we needed a little help. And it was, a, it was an important time. And, a, and to get our Bibles, that was a very significant time for us. Um, Did you attend Ottawa while you were at Southwestern or Rhodes College? They, that was when they had the evening program, and I went to Sunday school, and I went to the evening program. That grew in importance as time went by. It, it started with little fits and starts because the people who were leading it were students at Rhodes. <laughs> and so they were, um, they were not exactly seasoned teachers, but they, they, they kept us together. They kept us liking to be together. Some of my best friends I got to know then. And certainly when Rhodes College students came, and I came as a Rhodes College student, uh, it was exciting to be with them. Um, there, was, there was a feeling of a camaraderie, of, of belonging together. Everybody knew each other. Most of the people who came made a habit of coming so that there was a real sense of fellowship. And I always looked forward to Sunday evenings as well as to Sunday mornings. Going to church to me was not a, a chore. It, it was a pleasure. And as I, I grew older and I took courses in Bible at Rhodes, all of that tied in together. And so many people who were at Idlewild were people who had been at Rhodes or were some of our teachers at Rhodes. And so it was all a big community to me. I never felt like I was a stranger. I was very fortunate in that. And I, I have to say that my parents gave me a start of feeling that I belonged in church on Sundays and that I belonged in doing the activities that the church offered. And I really appreciate that. And one of the things that, that sort of got me started that way is that my father always taught Sunday school. He always had a, a boys' Sunday school class and they loved him because he would talk about the Saturday night football before he got started on the lesson. But he was one of the favorite teachers, I do remember that. But he taught the boys, he didn't teach the girls. I didn't get to have him in that class. Uh, but I knew he was doing that. Um, I, one, at one point while I was in college, I kept the nursery during church. And um, that was fun to get to know the little kids, and there were several of us from the college who did that. But one terrible time, the Ruffner Murray child locked himself in the bathroom, and he couldn't figure out how to open the door. He had bolted it, and he just we kept telling him and trying to direct him how to undo the bolt, but he was crying and upset. And so I had to go tell the parents, and we had to get the police to bring a ladder to open up the nursery and get everybody out. That was pretty bad. I didn't, I didn't stay doing the nursery very long after that. Um, then, of course, when I got older, I started teaching Sunday school. But that was way after I married and had children. But um, most of the time, I had a Sunday school class. And I taught either the third, fourth, or fifth grade. 
I quit teaching Sunday school when I got the fifth graders and they were acting smart and I didn't know how to make them pay attention. And so I tried everything I could think of. They were not very nice to one little girl who was uh, a little bit awkward and they wouldn't sit by us so they would get up and move and I felt so sorry for her and I, I tried to think of all the ways I could. I put names on the chairs but the boys would come in and move the chairs. So finally, I had a really great idea, and it worked. I got the daddy of this little girl that they were abusing to come and teach with me. And from that time, there was peace and quiet and happiness. Then, as an adult, I have loved what they offer people. And I have to say this, in my life, I have gone to several other churches and been members there. And while they were good experiences, that their adult education never equaled what Idlewild offers. And I, I've always loved my Sunday school classes because I've learned so much, and we've had just top-notch teachers who really worked hard on their lessons and were prepared and brought the best out of us. Let me think if there's anything else that I think it's important that I should say. I think we can move on to the okay. next question. Uh, with this current pandemic, how has that affected both you personally and uh, your relationship and activities, uh, or lack of, uh, throughout a while? Well, I've learned that the church can be more than a building. This is the first time I've ever thought of being ministered to by the church outside the church. And I think Idlewild is doing a great job, and I commend the minister's and their creativity. Um, and what they've done for us at Tresman, they have enabled us you know, to see the streaming and then they've, they've thought of things to involve us. Um, I started a circle at Tresman, an Idlewild circle, and um, different members of Idlewild have participated in helping us get that circle going. And then the bus, how much the church has responded to our needs. And that bus has been just wonderful for those of us who don't drive anymore. And when I tell other people what Idlewild is doing for us, they're just amazed that, that we have all these services. And then they come by with communion. They send little cards. I get telephone calls. So I don't feel that I'm isolated. I feel I'm very much a part of the church. And I thank Idlewild for that. I think the pandemic has taught me that I don't have to depend on outside activities or people to have things to think about and to do. I've learned more to read more. I've learned more to keep up with the things that come from Idlewild through the mail. Uh, I've learned to be by myself more and uh, not be bored to death by myself. I've learned to reach out to people on my hall because they're the only ones I can see. Uh, I feel as if I, I am ministered to completely by my church, and uh, I wouldn't be anywhere else. I, I, think, uh, I think I am who I am, and I, I'm still growing because of the services that Idlewild offers, and I, I appreciate being a member. If you were on a desert island 
And what three things would you want? Well, I tried to think about that, and I think I would want, first of all, of course, I would take my Bible. Secondly, I would take uh, an album with pictures of my family. And thirdly, I would take a collection of Steve Montgomery's sermons. Okay. I'm going to conclude the interview now uh, again with Julia Welford Allen, my mother. This is Ray Allen uh, for God in the Wild. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God in the Wild. If you would like to be involved, whether through leading an interview or nominating someone whose story you would like to hear, please contact me, Elizabeth Doolin, at edoolin at idlewildchurch.org. May God be with you out in the wild.